When it comes to fighting cybercrime, we're often told that collaboration is key, but some believe cybersecurity is holding itself back from this with the need for secrecy and, and, and what can be a hard environment for new people to find their place. Cybercriminals, on the other hand, don't need qualifications or certificates because as long as you can do the work, that's all that matters. And that's giving hackers an advantage. I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to discuss collaborative culture in cybercrime and what the cybersecurity industry can learn from it is James Spiteri, security specialist at Elastic. Thanks for joining me, James. So first of all, how does a typical cybercriminal group work? Yeah, sure, Danny. So, um, I mean, like anything else, there's usually an intent behind something. So, like, they have a goal that they want to achieve. Um, whether that is, you know, if we think of the typical scenarios, um, data theft, espionage, uh, financial gain, someone wants to do something bad. Um, and that might mean the creation of malware that needs to happen. It might mean involving other people with different skill sets. And uh, typically what happens is on a forum, someone will reach out and say, I have this idea, I need some help. Uh, or as well, they might just develop it themselves and release it. So typically depending on the intent, that's where it starts from. I have, I want to do something sometimes bad uh, and I just might need help to get there or I might not have the right skill set, or I could just go for it myself. Um, there's a big, you know, forums are all over the, the you know, that's where ma mainly, that's for lack of a better word, hackers live. Um, so to, just like any anyone else on the internet, there are tons and tons of forums where these people uh, are, you know, discussing and collaborating. That's where typically something starts from. Um, and then take it from there. Something is developed, and uh, when it's ready, when it's tested, it's released to the wild. So just like any other project, uh, with a bit of less red tape and bureaucracy. That's the thing here. Uh, you mentioned you know, the forum element. Uh, when someone asks for some help uh, from another person on a forum to, let's say, for example, to develop malware, they're not going to be saying. I, I also need you to have these qualifications. I need you to show me this experience. Yeah. It's just a case of, I, if you can do the job, do it for me, right? Pretty much, pretty much. Um, there are some people who gain a reputation and then they're actually sought after. But uh, most of the time someone puts up their hands like, I can do this. And uh, if, if it's a paid job, because sometimes it is paid, um, obviously they would, you know, say, listen, okay, after this is successful, you get the, the money or I'll, I'll transfer it this way, that way. But you're right, no one's going to ask you for a, a resume or, or showing certificates or anything like that. If, if you can say you can do it and you deliver, then that's fine by me. Um, you know, a real classical case of this is the Marcus Hutchins story. So uh, this the article came out a few, a few months ago uh, where they talked about the story and how that happened. That's exactly how it happened. Marcus built a reputation for himself. Someone reached out and said, you know, I need someone to develop this for me. Can you do it, Marcus? And there we go. So um, these things happen all the time, real life examples. And I suppose when it comes to uh, those people just putting their hands up, uh, it must work uh, to an extent because if someone puts their hands up and they just, they can't do it or they just try mm -hmm. to scam others uh, themselves, uh, they're going to get uh, found out. Definitely. I mean, uh, these things happen as well. Like if someone tries to do something and they're not successful, they'll quickly get found out and the reputation will, will basically die. And uh, reputation is a big thing in the, you know, in the, in the black hat world, so to speak. Um, and, you know, if you're known for doing something and you're good at it, then you're going to be sought after. If you build something and it didn't work, 
or it caused people to fail or people you know were able to find out about you because you couldn't conceal yourselves and hide your steps then your reputation will quickly die as well um there was another case a few years ago um if we think about the like the mirai botnet so that was uh you know initially created by two individuals for uh, racketeering you know they wanted they had a ddos mitigation company and they wrote a botnet which is basically uh, attack an organization or a company and it's like you just got ddos we have a company that can help you buy our services um but then after they did something silly um they and you know some people found out about them their code got released or, or they released it it's still very open unclear but then it started to be used by other people as well so like there are so many variants of it now um it's just a mess and after they attacked specifically like uh krebs on security so that that website you know Brian Krebs put a lot of effort to find out who they are. So like that sort of was their demise and they probably shouldn't have done that. But yeah, these things, these things happen all the time. People make mistakes. People aren't successful. People uh, try because there might be sufficient monetary gain if they're successful, but they quickly fail as well. And, you know, unfortunately, most of these things, if you fail, you fail hard. You know, it might be in jail time, you know, not, not just your reputation, but uh, you can fail really hard with these things. You mentioned the Mirai uh, effort there, which was a, a group uh, work on this, basically. So mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, you know, creating malware or developing cybercriminal campaigns, how uh, important is collaboration uh, in these uh, underground communities in terms of uh, moving these projects forward? And how do they get around the fact that they could possibly be in, you know, completely different parts of the world to one another. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I would say the, it's almost all collaboration. So like, let's, let's pick on Mirai a bit. Like Mirai was very specific attacking, you know, IOT devices, which ran a specific branch of Linux. So you'd have to know about them. You'd have to have architects with software on it. So um, it wasn't a skill anyone had, or, you know, it's quicker if someone knew about them in the first place. Uh, so there's a lot of collaborative culture there. And even like uh, if we take um, even some of the more uh, recent ways of developing malware, developing campaigns, so like um, cloud-based attacks, you know, like someone would have a, you know, cloud infrastructure background or a, potentially a DevOps background, not necessarily security, but, or like malware coding, but they know how to, uh, they know the ins and outs of a cloud infrastructure, they know how to attack it, so like they would help there. And in terms of how they collaborate, they would collaborate just like you and I would. They'd have um, you know a chat. Our IRC is still very popular, and you know there's the the dark web and and all those uh, dark sites and forums. So like that's how they typically do it. Um, they're very, um, I should say, uh, more typically they wouldn't give out like personal details. So. Uh, hackers have handles and like they wouldn't give out uh, numbers or anything like that or they typically wouldn't uh, just to conceal their identities in case things do go south um but yeah they would chat just like you and i or or at least you know typing rather than video calls so that that's typically the way it's done no secrets there i find it fascinating how things like irc are still popular mm -hmm. at these groups because i was using it sort of 20 or so years ago playing you know online games with, with people and it's it's obviously not a um it's obviously not a new technology it's not it doesn't have anything uh like encryption like other platforms have but i suppose it's a platform that's quite easy to stay anonymous on uh which is helpful to cyber attackers in in in, in these cases 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you think of like, um, there are specific uh, ways of encrypting, even though protocol wouldn't have encryption, so they would cover the tracks like that. And then if you consider most of the forms that would be accessed would be through the Tor browser, so the onion ring, um, just for levels of anonymity. Uh, so there are multiple ways of concealing themselves, even if there's, you know, older protocols. Um, not to say newer ones aren't used as well. So like, um, this is one of the age-old problems of developing secure protocols because they can be used for malicious intent as well. So uh, if you take the most common uh, chat software, you know, WhatsApp, Signal, those are all encrypted these days. They're they're also used very heavily by uh, by these groups. Um, so th those those tools are used as well, of course. It sounds as if this is very much a collaborative space, and uh, with a lot of people coming together, no matter what their experience. Mm -hmm. um, how does this compare to the cybersecurity industry itself? Because I imagine it's going to be it can be quite difficult to rock up and say, "Hey, I can do this." Uh, yeah. Any uh, credentials to back it up? So that's that's the thing, right? If um, so there's there's two parts to that. One is there's a big pride issue. So like uh, even if someone, let's say there's an organization and they have a team and their team is unable to do something, very rarely would someone put their hand up and say, our team isn't able to do it because of a lack of skills or lack of know-how or because we're working on a specific technology we haven't dealt with before. Very few people have the, have the guts to say, we need help or reaching out. Yeah, there are some who would, but it's, uh, it's not common, very uncommon. Um, and then you have, you know, if, you're, if I'm an employer and I'm going to employ someone and I employ someone who doesn't have the right skills, then I look bad as well. So like you, you tend to go for, you know, highest qualified, biggest, you know, most reputed, smartest individuals that you can find. So there's, there's a couple of different parts to that. Um, you know, this concept of collaboration in like uh, security industry, um, it has gotten way better. Like I, I will say like over the past couple of years, ever since you know, security start getting harder and harder. Um, we've been we've seen a big uptick, up, uptick of people sharing, and organization sharing as well. And there's there's a whole list of uh, you know software and organizations I can name, like and some big names as well who have given back, which is phenomenal to see. But we can do way better. Like um, there are still a lot of closed communities, like oh you have to sign up here and you're gonna be vetted and like. We only meet on these locations and you won't know the source. Like there's still stuff like that that happens. And I, I, I generally don't understand why. Like it's proven that it doesn't work. I, I mean, security through obscurity just doesn't work. If you have an idea, if you've solved the problem internally, help someone share it. Like I, this is like, it's so logically human nature to share. And so many people do it. Like, it's just we're still hold back a lot in the security world and it's it's a shame but it has gotten better i will say it has gotten better it also sounds as if the, this need for jumping through various hoops could be a barrier for uh, introducing more diversity into the sector mm -hmm. as well because as we know the, the the cybersecurity industry is very white very male dominated and if you're saying oh you must have you know all of this experience and have these qualifications you're automatically putting a barrier up when when there's people out there mm -hmm. um, who can offer these skills uh, but just don't have uh, you know, the bits of paper to say they can for one reason or another. That's totally right. Like, um, you know, I'd be open to say, like, 
I'm lucky to be at Elastic and like we have such a diverse culture there and so many different people. Uh, and I'm one of those who, who I don't have a college degree. You know, I worked my way through experience and, um, you know, I was given the chance over the years and I, I was successful. I worked hard. Um, but that's, I think the most important thing we miss on is we don't allow individuals in because of qualifications, but they are so passionate about the topic. And like for me, if I'm looking to get someone on my team, I'm going to look for passion before you know, actual like cybersecurity talent, because that's, if you're passionate about something, I think you can learn it if you have the right uh, uh, attitude. And as well, for people looking to get into this whole world of cybersecurity, you can come from anywhere. I, I, I firmly believe you can learn something from anyone to help your case. So like, again, if we take the example of today's age of like things living in the cloud, I need someone on my team as a security analyst who understands that environment, who can help me code certain elements, who has this whole like infrastructure as code. Like I'm going to be able to use that. I'm learning from them. Maybe I don't have a cloud background. They're learning from me from the security side. And uh, that's, that's really missing. Like we tend to go for, oh, you have to have X qualification and Y number of years. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. And, you know, there's a big shortage of, there's a so-called shortage of skills, but I think the skills are there. People are just scared to come up because there's this whole blanket over cybersecurity, like you said. Uh, even some of my colleagues at Elastic, they're like, when you talk to them logically about something, like, this is a this is like an observability problem with different lingo. Like, there's no difference. We're just looking at different data sets and calling them different things. So sometimes just having the patience to explain something to someone and them having the right passion and enough desire to learn, that's, that's typically enough. And uh, um, that is a big barrier. People still tend to go for X amount of years or level of experience. Um, especially like, um, again, it might come from the individual who, who's scared to apply maybe because they see, oh, on this team, there's this person who had X amount of years in the military, for example, on the cyber defense team or something like that. Like, don't be scared to apply. If, the, if someone's watching this and they're looking to get into this world of cybersecurity, like if you're passionate about it, try it out like honestly there's that's the most important thing passion like you have to be passionate about it so when it comes to uh, collaboration in this space what can the cybersecurity industry learn from cyber criminals ultimately to help protect uh, organizations better from uh, people doing the cyber criminal activity who might be more collaborative in in some cases yeah so um First thing I'd say that we can learn as an industry is ask for help when you need it. Like literally go on a forum, ask, like I'm trying to fix something in my organization. I'm trying to come up with this sort of, um, let's say security detection mechanism. How have you, or how have someone else worked on this? So how have you done it? Like ask. And um, secondly, we have a lot of red tape. Like, and this is another reason why attackers are successful because they don't have a, two-week policy to get a firewall rule deployed or something silly like that or has to pass through x amount of approvals to get something done that doesn't exist and i think sometimes if we peel back those layers a bit and just get to the problem and get it worked on sometimes we get there quicker and i think that's also something we can learn just remove some of the red tape like honestly we don't need everything uh, another thing we can learn from is you know, look beyond and think outside the box a bit. And I think that is one of the key things that's missing. We forget to think laterally and think outside the box. Like don't um, box yourself into thinking away just because it's documented like that or because, you know, X 
um, certification set it has to be like that or um, regulatory comp regular regulatory compliance says you have to do something this way challenge everything like honestly just just ask why is this like this can I not do it this way to make it better and um, you know sometimes people are scared to um, um, you know question and, and like an auditor like uh, you know, they say, okay, I'm going to get this tick box because this is what my compliance tells me and I'm not going to do it, look at doing it any other way. But I've been in situations where I've said, listen, I've done it this way. Like I can do it the way it's listed, but I've done it this way. And here's why I've done it because I think it's a bit better. And sometimes when you put things like that, uh, it, it makes people rethink how something should be and you probably end up being more secure anyway. So there's also that element, like just question everything don't just do things because they're like that on paper. And that's something we can also learn. So there's there's a lot <laughs> we can learn there. But if I had to um, put like my my number one thing is just get rid of the pride. Ask. If you have a problem, ask. There are so many communities now. There's like Slack channels where people can go and ask questions about security. There's forums. There's there's a ton. Like there are, there are places you can go. Uh, you can consider identity if you're scared of admitting who you are or whatever. That's fine. But just don't be scared to ask, like honestly. Thanks, James. That's some really great advice. Uh, hopefully that's going to help a lot of people out. Uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. And for more uh, advice on the cybersecurity industry and how to, how to get into it and how to work best in it, there's plenty uh, more of that on ZDNet Security Update's other videos. And of course, there's plenty of cybersecurity news and features on ZDNet.com. So please do check that out. Thanks for watching.